To the old rugged cross I will ever be true. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. No, the cross, the history of Christianity has a lot of reproach, does it not? Has a lot of uh, things that have happened down through the years. Um, Many would say in the name of religion, um, in direct opposition to the cross, and those that bore the cross uh, for us to have um, even the freedoms we are exercising this very hour to be able to worship and to do uh, as we feel led of the Spirit. I believe that's what the church covenant actually says, having uh, been led as we believe by the Spirit to gather as we gather uh, each week to worship the Lord. And then someday He'll call me away. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, But nonetheless, this morning, I want us to turn our attention to that cross, that blessed cross, as we begin a series of messages leading up to Easter um, on the cross and what that cross is and and, uh, the, the, the part up to the cross. And then, of course, Easter, we'll look at the resurrection and we'll go from there on what the Lord leads. There's a lot um, that I would like to share, but I don't know if the Sundays will necessarily line up is what I'm getting at. So we'll see what happens. Um, but in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, to kind of bring you up to speed here, we find um, where there was an upper room discussion with the disciples, the last Passover, the the first communion service. We find where Jesus had went to uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Interestingly enough, I keep bringing this up, and y'all probably think I'm never going to preach on it, but it's interesting that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane approximately around the midnight hour. And so the midnight hour, he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the betrayal of Christ, the denial, and then we find Judas's death, and then we find where Christ is brought before Pilate. But then also, I want us to think about this. Maybe it's a, I don't want to say abstract, but maybe a side note, if you will. Christ is brought before Pilate, but in the back of your mind, I want you to keep in this thought as well. Pilate is before Christ. Now, think on that for a moment. The earthly judge before the judge of all the earth. And so we're going to look at that this morning. We find where uh, Pilate has a, a flight here, his attitude of this of his prisoner that he has. The, we see the, we'll see the advice of his wife and the anger of the Jews. And the question that is tearing Pilate apart. Literally tearing him apart. Uh, Matthew chapter 27. We're going to look at one verse this morning. Verse number 22. It says, Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? And all of them said, let him be crucified. What shall I do 
with this man called the Messiah. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for Calvary this morning. Lord, so thankful for the blood that was shed upon that cross and Lord, how it brings about the remission of sin. Lord, for this season that we are in is leading up to uh, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. God, help us not to forget the meaning behind Easter and, and what it means for not only a lost and dying world, God, but also what it means for us as Christians. Lord, we pray for those who are lost this morning, who have never experienced this great joy of of forgiveness of sin. Lord, we pray you convict their heart that they be saved before it's eternally too late. Lord, be with us as we look through your word this morning, God, as we study it. Help us to apply it in our life wherever it may be needed. Hide me behind the precious cross of Calvary, God, that these dear folk not see me. Lord, but that they would see you. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. What shall I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? There's three things in this one question that I want us to think about uh, this morning as Pilate is literally being torn apart here Uh, with this question because he has Christ who has been nothing more than accused of being the Messiah at this point. He has been nothing more than accused of breaking some some laws of the Sabbath and laws of of healing and all these other things. I, I think I read somewhere where even there was accusations where some brought against him of practicing um, maybe the the dark magical arts for these things to happen when in reality it was Pharaoh's people doing that. But nonetheless, and then he comes before Pilate. And you have to understand Jesus' scenario as well. As Jesus has already been in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He had already been praying uh, and a very anguishing prayer, tearful prayer, and even asking God to remove this cup from him. And he even said, nevertheless, it's not my will, but your will be done. And then in the midst of all of that, how these soldiers come and, and uh, well, let's back up and see that his disciple betrayed him, turned him in for a little bit of money. And then these soldiers come and arrest him there in the garden and take him before Pilate. And then Pilate has this choice. What am I going to do here? And notice that it is, first of all, a very personal question. A personal question. Notice he uses the word I. What shall I do? This is one decision that this proud judge would rather avoid in his life. The pressures and forces that that are pressing upon his mind at this time. His notable prisoner. Isn't it a contrast of the two here? Barnabas, who was a murderer, and yet the very townspeople wanted this murderer released over someone who broke a few laws. 
that hurt nobody, if anything helped society, kind of backwards, isn't it? Much like society today, right? Backwards. We'd rather have the things that hurt us and, 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 and then rather than the things that will help us. Let's do away with religion. Let's do away with God. Let's do away with His Word. Or maybe let's twist His Word to fit our ideologies to make us feel good about ourselves. The contrast. Pilate may have even been willing to have Barabbas decide. Are you worthy to be released? Do you want this man to take your place? Some think of only the desperate needing Christ. But in reality, we all need him. His nervous wife. Her dream that she had, you can read this in the Gospels. Her dream that she had and how she came to Pilate and told him of this dream and, and the things that would happen and repercussions to this if he uh, went through with it and all of these things. And some think that only the emotionally disturbed need Christ. Then you find the noisy crowd, the quiet Christ in contrast to them, how he stood there and he, he, he said nothing. And, and then he puts the, the decision in the crowd's hands, left the crowd to decide. And even today, there are some that does that, is it not? Let the people decide. And while that is good on some things, there are some things that the people have no business deciding on. When it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God is what the Word of God says, and it always will be, it always has been. And dear friend, there is nothing that you and I can say to change what the Word of God says. And this final decision laid there with Pilate. No one can make this decision. The crowd couldn't make it. His wife couldn't make it. Only he could make this decision. And he could not escape this. It's a personal question. It's also a question that demands action. A question that demands action. Notice it says there word. there's a, a verb in there. If you're up to par with your English uh, uh, the, the word I in, in point one would be a pronoun, right? Uh, we find the word ver or the verb do here in this, this portion is a question that demands action. What shall I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? In some of the Gospels you can read where... Pilate washes his hands in his little wash basin and he's trying to escape this decision that he has to make. He's, he, he's trying to, to remain a uh, neutral party, if you will, into this to where it doesn't rest on him, right? That whatever happens doesn't come back to him. It doesn't mar his name, if you will. It, it does, it's not his decision. So notice he tries to give the crowd the choice to where if any backlash happened, whose fault is it? It's the crowd's fault, right? It's not my fault. It's not my wife's fault. It's not, you know, it's the crowd. Y'all chose this, not me, right? 
So he washes his head of this. He, he, he has this policy of neutrality here. And, and But the question on which you must act and what you must decide here, you know, you can decide to receive him or to reject him. You can decide to obey him or disobey him. You can decide to openly confess him or slight him. What are we going to do? I think this would be a very strong question for you and I uh, this morning as well, just as it is with Pilate. What will we do with Jesus? I think often about heaven as we study the Word of God and as we sing these songs that we sing. and You know, we're all one day closer uh, to heaven, right? Every day that we live, we're one day closer. And you think about all these that, that, that pass on and go before us, and they have to stand before God. And I think earnestly in my heart that one of the questions that God is going to ask every soul is, what have you done with my son? What have you done? Have we proclaimed him? Have we received him? Have we obeyed him? This is a question that demands action. But then thirdly, it's a question not about politics. It's a question about not uh, or not about um, crowd pleasing. It's not a question about um, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. It's not a morality question. It's not a. It's not any other kind of question except for this. It's a question about Jesus. It's a question about Jesus. Pilate's other decisions are dwarfed by this one. Whatever decisions he made as a ruler, as a king, whatever his title may be, none of them compare to this. Whatever political decisions he has made down through his career never compares to this one. And dear friend, the same is true for you and I this morning, that there is no other decision that we will ever make on this side of eternity that is as important as this question. What will we do with Jesus? We can have all the success in the world. We can have all the letters after our name that this world desires and, or even the, the letters before our name that this world desires, our heart desires. We can have every rung in the corporate ladder of success taken. We can have as much finances as we could possibly think that the banks can't hold. We can drive the nicest of cars, maybe multiple cars. We can have homes and multiples of homes. But dear friend, no other decision is as important as what we do with Jesus. Because all of that other stuff does what? Fades away. It fades away. I received a um, check in the mail um, probably maybe a week, two two weeks ago. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, normally I deposit... um, 
a check, but I needed some cash, and so I just went ahead. It wasn't a large check, so I just went ahead and cashed the check. And, and the uh, teller gave back these, fr- I mean, they were, cr- I have never touched uh, such crisp, and I called it new money, because that's what it was. It was just new money. You could tell uh, it was it was so clean. It looked so nice, you know, and I was like, and then it's just going to get crumbled up in your pocket. But nonetheless, and I took that home, and I looked at it, I was like, man, that's nice. You know, and I took my wallet out, and I had a couple of dollar, you know, dollar bills that were old and worn and tattered. And I thought, man, you know, that's how life is, isn't it? You start out as fresh and new and, and, and all of this, and then as life goes on, it fades away. It fades away. So that tells us that no matter what we decide in this life, while decisions are important, don't read into what I'm saying too much, all right? Decisions are important, but there is no decision that you can make that is as important is what you do with Christ. All others are temporal. This one is eternal. It is eternal. The question that the whole human race must answer is about Jesus. It's not about the church. It's not about what name is above the church door. It's not about what you belong to or the religious ceremonies that you've gone through or the tithing that you do. It's about Jesus. I've often said, and I believe it with all that I am, and that's a lot. Amen. It doesn't matter what you belong to. It's who you belong to. I'm credentialed as a Southern Baptist pastor. I filled in in the Methodist um, matter of fact, I hold credentials in the Methodist Church too, uh, the Independent Methodist, uh, not the UMC. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter what you belong to, but who. If it's not about Jesus, dear friend, then we have no business being here, right? If we're not preaching and proclaiming Jesus, then we just as well as Shut the doors this morning, because that is why we're here. It's not about the church or religious ceremony or tithing. Christ is the creator. He is the savior. He is the judge. And I found it so, the irony of the judge being before the judge and the judge being before the judge, right? We must choose today. Are we going to go with Christ and and suffer with Christ and, and take this journey with Christ? Or are we going to be much like the crowd? Are we going to go with Barabbas? Sinful pursuits of this world. Lustly affairs of this world. The temporal things. Only you can make that decision. Only Pilate can make this decision. What will you do with Jesus? Personally, what will you do? With action, 
Are we willing to confess Him and profess Him and, and proclaim Him to others? What are we going to do? Is our life all about us and or me and, and making sure that I have the, the right uh, brand name on the tag of my clothes and and the right emblem on my car and the 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 uh, the best of homes that's bigger than my neighbors and or is it going to be about Christ? It's a call to decision. It's a call to commitment because you know so many and, and I'm going to hush after this. So many think that once they accept Christ, that's it, right? Everything is good. Everything is okay. I'm all right now. I don't have to do anything else. That's not true. That's when it begins, right? That's when it begins. That's when a new life begins. That's when a new life of service begins. What will you do with Christ? Again, that is a decision that only you can make, and we're going to extend this time of invitation, perhaps this morning. That is a question that you need to answer in your heart. And Maybe you haven't done anything with Christ. Maybe Christ has been like that old book that you bought years ago, and you said, oh, I'm going to read that book, and you put it on the shelf. And that book has sat there for a year, and you still haven't picked it up, Right? Are we doing that with Christ? Lord, I'm going to put you on this shelf and when I need you, I'll come get you. Let's not be like that. Let's take Christ with us everywhere that we go. Every situation we find ourselves in, let Christ be there. Christ being the center of our lives and having that complete control. Will you choose him today as we sing?